Hello, and welcome to the Loft Gathering Podcast. We are excited to welcome you to our Authority Series. We will be talking about the contents of our mind, mouth, attitude, and life actions, and how these are the staples to further understand our authority in God's kingdom. Get ready to have your thinking challenged and your faith turned up. Here's Lisa. Today we're going to talk about prayer authority and the authority of prayer. Did you know that Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Just let that set on you for a moment. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 14, 13, 14. Will you stand for the word, please? We honor your word, God. We thank you for it. Jesus speaking, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And one more, Matthew 21. Jesus said, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree which made it wither, but you can also say to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. And if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. You can sit down. Thank you for your attention. We have authority to pray, and there is a prayer that has authority. James 5, 16 says, the fervent, effective prayer of a righteous man avails much. I mean, we could break that down and teach on that this morning. Fervent, effective prayer of the righteous man. Well, that would be us. We are righteous not by our own righteousness, but by the righteousness of Jesus Christ by the blood of Jesus. He exchanges his perfection for our imperfection, and we become the blessing, the righteousness of God in the earth today. That's pretty cool. The fervent prayer, the effective, constant, dedicated, keep going with it prayer of the righteous man or woman avails much. Philippians 6 says this, we can bring anything to God and everything to God, and we're not supposed to be anxious about it, waiting to see it happen. It says, do not be anxious about anything, But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Don't just throw out some soulful prayer, but by by petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then what happens? The peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Do you need your heart and mind guarded? Do you need peace? This is how, how it comes. There's so many different kinds of ways to pray. And, you know, I thought about just a few weeks ago, we were talking about just the labyrinth prayer, the whisper prayer, the scripture prayer, the prayers of petition, the prayers of thanksgiving, worshipful prayers. And sometimes when you, when you do this job and you're, and you're trying to bring, like, some kind of life-giving word to, to the people of God every week, sometimes I'll try to come up with, like, I don't know, some cutesy way to do that or some programmed way to do that. Some kind of scriptural, you know, scripture can lay out three or four different kinds of prayer. Paul does that. Lays us out different ways that we can be praying and seeking God on a regular basis. Well, I'm not doing that today. I want to just talk to us about our prayer lives, about how we talk to God, how we communicate with God, and how I feel like God is speaking to me about my own prayer walk and my own prayer life and and what it looks like because I've felt him challenging me. You know, I've I've been walking with God a long time. And so in the beginning, I remember, man, I would just tear in the word. I would just look in there for something that, that was helping me overcome my situations and my, 
you know, family issues and, you know, my brokenness. And then I would pray that back to God. Like, for example, you know, I had a real strained youth, you know, just rebellious and, and full of, you know, a lot of, a lot of circumstances brought me to a certain way of behavior and promiscuity and just, you know, just whatever, just a broken life. And so I would go to, go to the scripture and I would find things like, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, that's who can ascend the mountain of God. So then I would pull that apart and I'd be like, God, help me have clean hands and a pure heart that I can see you. The pure in heart will see God. God, let my heart be pure that I can see you, right? And I would dig in there. I had strained relationship with my, I had a father, a biological father that left when I was a little, little girl too. I didn't see him again for years and years and years. And I still, I mean, I still, he knows where I am, but he just isn't very good at, at dad. You know, we love him. We wish him the best. We feel bad that he doesn't have a capacity and we feel bad for what he missed. But because of those things, it left this aching in me, this emptiness, you know, stepdad was abusive. Mom was doing the best she could with her life and with her faith. And so I ended up, you know, just kind of like a lot, like an orphan, like, where do I, who do I look to? And, and I just didn't look to anybody. I just ran around with arrogance and just boldness and, you know, corrupt life. So when I got saved and I gave my heart to Jesus, I started looking for scripture that I could pray to God. And I found this one in Psalm 27. It says, even though your father and mother forsake you, I never will. I adopt you as my own and you become mine. And I started to pray. I've never forsaken. You're my father now. And he showed me the Bible. He began to open it up. Like, this is my journal that I've left for you. Read it and understand my thoughts toward you and understand how I think about people. And I started to read it like that and let God be father. And then over years, I mean, it's been years. So there's been so many times I would make petition prayers. God, I need A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, N, O, P. I need all those things to happen and I need them to happen like yesterday. And I would just make my prayers and petitions known to God. And sometimes they would, they would happen. I, I mean, I've seen people get healed when I've laid hands on sick people and prayed for them. I've seen people pass away that I've prayed for. I mean, and I learned something in that. I learned about sovereignty. I learned that Jesus is the king. And he's the healer, and he's in charge, and I am his instrument. And so sometimes you win, and sometimes you learn, right? So I just started going through life like that. But over the course of my walk with God, and I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but for me, I just started to develop a mentality that, well, if it's God's will, it's going to happen. And, and God is in charge. And so if, if God wants, you know, whatever God wants to happen is going to happen. And something that I feel he's challenging me on I was reading this story about the sun standing still in the Bible. And I'm like, that's crazy. That is not possible. But with God, all things are possible. You know, and you read these stories about how people praying to God actually changed the pattern of what was going to happen. Actually carried enough authority to make the environment be different than it was before they prayed it. I believe God is calling us back to that. Yeah, does he have to go through layers and layers of dull glaze that's set upon us by our phones? Yes. Does he have to carve through all of the internet connection? Yes. Does he have to get past our our strong, stubborn will? Of course he does, and he will. And he's very good at it. But he's calling, and he's asking. So we want to seek and knock and ask God for things without the conditional part that he's requiring of us. See, God's an all-or-nothing God. I don't know if you knew that. It's not a halfway, half in, half out, one cheek on the seat. That's not God. He's all the way in everything or nothing. That's how he is. Eat my blood, drink my blood, eat my flesh. And everybody walks away scratching their head. What is Jesus saying? All 
or none. It's not going to work if you just do a little. It's not going to be enough. You can't have one foot on this side of the fence and one foot on that side of the fence. You're not tall enough. You, you just can't. You got to pick a side. You got to be on one side, his side, and he's calling us to it in, through holiness. And I believe he's calling us to it in prayer. He said my house will be a house of prayer before it's anything else. So how do you pray? What does your prayer life look like? Just think about it right now. What is your time with God look like? What is your words and verbiage with him? What is the exchange? Is there anything? You know, I mean, think about there's no condemnation in Christ. We just learn and we grow and then we apply what we learn and we grow and we grow closer and closer to him. So I've shared different things that I do in my day-to-day life with us before. I feel God challenging me to get specific in my prayers rather than praying, bless my family, as soon as I pray that, because I pray that all the time. You know, we learn that from the Waltons. God bless John Boy. God bless Mary Sue Ellen or whatever. God bless Grandpa. Well, how? I feel God saying, how? How do you want me to bless them? You make your face to shine on me, and my soul knows it quite well. How do you want me to bless you? In prosperity and in health and in unity. I started coming up with a list of words for what I want for my family and what I want for the relationships that I have and what I want for you to shepherd you. I want you to walk in the fullness of what God has for you, not a a case or or whatever will be will be. And God's going to have his way way over yonder. So let's just live every day. Case or or No, we're going to live specifically according to our prayer and our connection with God by petition and thanksgiving, telling God what we want and being thankful for what he does, right? Okay. Maybe you say something like, man, I pray all the time. I pray all the time, Lisa. I've prayed about this thing more than you know, but nothing happens. Well, let's talk about that. So what we end up with then is a conundrum of the test of the word. We begin to think the word doesn't work because we're praying in Jesus' name, and we're not seeing fruit or evidence. Anybody ever experienced that? What I did is I danced around it. I drove around it. I put sovereignty on the top of it, and I was just like, well, God's in charge. I honor you, God. God, you've been good to me. I thank you for what you've done in my life. And then, and then what I would do is just move around things. See, I pray, I pray for this church to be blessed. I pray for the people in it to be blessed. I pray for our knowledge of God to increase. I pray that we want to, um, you know, if every single one of you brought one friend, if every single one of you brought two friends, there wouldn't be any more seats. Just looking, okay? I want that to be something in our heart that we actually think, yeah, there's something beneficial to sitting together with the saints of God. There's something that happens in my heart that I become healed. That, that I understand the freedom of God when I hang around other people that are like-minded, right? There's something to it. But first it has to happen in your heart before you ever want to take it any, anywhere else. So praying these prayers. So, so what I did, I skirted around it, God. You're sovereign. You're in charge. You do, you do what you want to do. Well, what I found out, though, is God will answer prayers. But sometimes he says no. And we don't like that answer. Or sometimes he takes a long time answering because we're not ready to receive what we're asking for. And he's doing a work on the backside. You ever heard of a butterfly? You know, 
You ever, you ever seen one? They're amazingly beautiful. Tiny little creature. Amazing wings. They can fly. Most fascinating transformation happens on the backside of a leaf from ugly bug to caterpillar, to, from caterpillar to butterfly. Well, sometimes our, our walk with God is like that. We have to figure out where we are in the process because God isn't a disappointer and he's not a man that he would lie. And he wants us to bring all of our petitions to him. But when the answer is no, I'm going to present it like this. I think we're asking amiss because God watches over his word to perform it. And if we can learn the difference between a soul-filled prayer and a prayer of authority, we'll begin to see some results like we haven't seen before. You can walk in the confidence that God can and will do exactly what he said he can and will do if you're praying the word of God to God. Now, there's another scripture that says that he knows what you have need of before you ask him. And we know that. It's like our kids. Our kids know that we know they need food, shelter, clothing. But there's something about them running up and saying, can I have a popsicle? Yes, you can. You can have two. You know, there's something about that. There's conversation. There's blessing. There's some kind of love. There's a connection in the conversation. It's the way that God wants to hear us speaking to him. Will you? Can you? Will you? I'm looking for. And you fill in the blanks of what all those things are. Because we, we're getting older, year by year. You know, look at Elijah. She's already in college. I remember when she was this tall, sitting over there coloring paintings. Look, it's happening. Look at this baby. Look what a chunk she is already. I remember when she weighed two tiny pounds. Time is going by. You don't want to live your whole measure of a life and live the same year over and over again, always wondering and always hoping for more. Why, God, why? When, God, when? Who, God, what? When people come to me and ask me to pray, they, they ask me about certain things. Most of the time, it's financial that God would provide or that God would provide some material thing that they need, a car or a job or whatever it is. Then it's usually relationship. They want me to pray some kind of manipulative prayer to get somebody to do what they want. And the last thing is about sickness. Most of the time, this is what I, it's what I incur personally. And I think if we just got a little bit more specific in our prayers, like if I'm going to pray something for you and for this church, I have prayed specific things lately that I haven't prayed before. I always pray for blessing. I always pray for people. I always pray for insight. Not because I want there to be a crowd in the room. I do want that. We all want that. There's an energy that comes from that. But I, I'm, what I'm looking for is the the knowledge and the grace of heaven to be on people and that people would understand the heart that God has for them and how he longs for a relationship with his creation. So much so, he sent Jesus to earth to walk here, to investigate, to, to wonder that he was a son of man. God wants to have communication with us. Are you tracking with me so far? Yes. I'm just praying that God would open our eyes, that we're able to see what he's trying to speak to us. So when we're asking amiss, we're praying the soulful prayers, what I want, think, and feel. You know, man, how many times have you just prayed, God, let this cup pass from me, you know? Get me out of this situation, God. If you get me out of this situation, I promise I'll never do this again. You know, I mean, we all have stories like that. You know, we have stories from way back in our youth when we were just, we're looking to drugs or alcohol or something like that to, to sustain or to cope. I mean, my husband has a story of just, 
some crazy drugs, and he, he was outside praying and just, God, if you get me out of this, I promise I'll serve you forever. Which eventually does come true because he is serving God forever. But not that day, you know. How many times do we pray like that? But what if we started to get really specific and not just why, God, why, but God, why is the church slower to grow? And show me your glory and show me why. God, what is happening in here that is not ready to receive what you want to do in this room? Because God has already spoken it. It is going to happen. We already know that. God has already given the promise. We will see it come to pass. We just don't know when. But something will happen in our hearts in this room to be able to embrace and gather what God has. And until we begin to pray and pray fervently and pray prayers of petition and pray with thanksgiving and stop praying soulful prayers, we stay. We remain. We live the same day, the same month, the same year, over and over, and we call that a life. And I'm just saying, I don't think that's God's plan for us. I think God's plan is for us to live in abundance, in connection, in unity. Jesus prayed some prayers for us. Paul prayed some prayers for us. They're all in the Bible. You guys can look them up. I'm not going to keep you here the whole day. But just to talk about a couple things, there's kingdom authority that we carry And there can be prayers that carry kingdom authority as well. If you're praying the word of God out loud, I'm recapping for you. If you're praying the word of God out loud, then you're praying the prayers that God will watch over his word to perform it in your life. God is not a man that he would lie. But you can't go around and pray soulful prayers. You know, I mean, when I was a young girl, I'd pray things like, God, would you, you know, would you help my stepdad to die you know, I was in a place of just abuse. I'd pray crazy, soulful prayers like that. You know, I would pray for, you know, that I wouldn't get caught cheating on something. Or I would pray, you know, you know, just things like that. Those are soulful prayers that we tuck away and we ask God that are crazy. And then when we get caught, we're like, well, God, you let me down. You disappointed me. Well, no, God won't corrupt his own word. God isn't going to violate what he wrote ever. Not for anybody, because his word is perfect, and it's true, and it's holy. And if we can surrender ourselves to it and find ourselves in it, we're going to have heart peace and clarity of mind, like we read in Philippians in the beginning. Do not be anxious for anything. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Man. Mm. Okay, let me see. So here's kind of how it's going between me and God. I'll be like, God, bless, can you bless my family? And he says, how? Who? And so I start to write. I've got this little sketchbook at home. I was going to bring all this and show you, but I felt like God told me not to do that. Because everybody prays differently. Everybody's on a different level. But then I didn't want to seem like I was 85 years old with a prayer journal. And not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying you make a little list for yourself in your phone. You've got notes in your phone. If you're going to ask God to bless your family, who and how? And be specific and write it down and put a date on there. Because, you know, the page that I have now in this note is very long. I don't even know. It's just in my phone, you know, but it's a lot of pages. And I put the names of everyone I could think of this last couple of months. And I've gotten very specific about what I'm asking God to bless your life with and what I'm asking God to speak to your lives. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I do. My husband goes, what do you, what'd you put on my page? And I go, well, that's between me and God. And you'll find out, you know, because some of that I'll share. But some of that I want God to move. I don't want to manipulate it. I want God to do it. Either he can or he can't. Either he is the Messiah or he's not. Either he can deliver the truth or he can't. 
Either he can speak to us or he can't. Either we're his sheep and we hear his voice or we can't. Test those things. It's okay. God doesn't get offended. He doesn't get insecure on the throne if you have to ask him a question. But whatever you're doing, ask, ask, seek, knock. And the door will be open to you. He promised it. Here's a little instruction for prayer from Matthew 6. It says, when you pray, don't be like hypocrites and stand up and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. For some of our church life, that's been something that I have guarded against because I don't want to be seen like, well, who does, who does she think she is? Or what kind of prayer is that? Or how long is that? And so, I, man, maybe I've even held back a little. I just feel the challenge of God not to do that anymore. You know, I mean, the house is supposed to be a house of prayer. If you get bored in prayer, take a nap. The word will still wash over you. I'll trust. I'll trust it. You know, if you get bored with long sermons or too much talking, go to sleep. It doesn't offend me. The spirit of God will come and penetrate your heart whether you're awake or asleep because you're sitting in the word. I appreciate that. And, and I believe that God will cause you to grow just being in the presence of God. He says, when you pray, go in your room and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. And then your father who sees what you're doing in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It means I praise you, God. I worship you. Oh, oh, almost every single time, start praying like that. Father, I worship you. You're, you're holy, God. There's none like you. Thank you so much, creator. And start praying those words and those names of God. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom. You know, pray whatever comes up in your spirit. God will open it up to you. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, your kingdom come in me. Your kingdom of authority and peace and love and grace and power come in me to rescue, to heal, to speak life in me. Your kingdom, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done, not my will. I'm, I'm not going to pray my will now, God. I'm going to pray your will. What do you want to see happen in the earth today? And can you show me your glory? Give us today our daily bread, God. And thank you that we have a little bit extra to put in the car of someone else. Forgive us our sins, God. We forgive those who sin against us. And, and lead us not into temptation, God, but deliver us from the evil one for... If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others your sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I mean, it's like you got to pray, pray the prayers the way that Jesus is showing us to pray. And not just the same prayer over and over every single day, but like this. Pray like this. Worship. Make your request known to God. Pray for the kingdom of God to come on the earth today. What's your plan for the future, God? Which part? The near future? For you, just your future? for the whole of society, for the United States, for, for the second coming? Why don't you ask God questions like that and see if he won't open the mysteries of it to your thinking and to your life? I'll tell you this, if you don't ask, you'll never know. You'll never get it. Here's how Jesus prayed for us. I love this prayer, and I pray this for us all the time. John 17, Jesus praying. You guys can stand up. I'll get you out of here in a couple, couple more minutes. Lean in. Jesus said this. My prayer is not for them alone. He's praying for us, the ones that God gave him. That's why I pray for you. 
because God gave you to me and me to you. So I pray for you. And the ones that I minister with outside of here and the ones I minister to and alongside and the family that I have, God has given that to me. And that's who Jesus is praying for, the ones that God has given to him. My prayer is not for them alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their message. Not just the ones that God has given me, but the ones that will come to know God through their message. Through the ones God has given to me, they have a message. And then the people that get that message from your life will give it to another and another. And that's the way of salvation. It's the way of the kingdom of God. My prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you've sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them, you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. And then the world will know that you've sent me. Wow. <laughs> now, I know that we're not cookie cutters. Look around. Where there's so much diversity in here. Different, I mean, different skin color, different income brackets, different design, different fashion, different ages. But you know what? We got the solid connection of the blood of Jesus that's like cement that holds us together, like glue. It's the good stuff. It's the secret sauce that helps us connect to one another. How do you talk to someone and totally, totally not even in your sphere, doesn't even like your kind of music, doesn't even drink coffee? Christine. But you have something bigger and better. You have that faith united connection. We believe in the Son of God, that Jesus loved me and gave himself for me, that I'm bought with a price, and we fellowship in that, and we move in mission together. Jesus prayed that over us. Thanks, Mom. One more. Paul prayed this. In 2 Timothy, he's going to give you all kinds of prayers and ways to pray. Your homework, your mission this week, should you choose to accept it will be to go discover what every single one of these prayers means. And we'll chat about it throughout the week. I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks, that's four kinds, be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. If you notice, Paul put himself in the category of a king, and I encourage you to do the same as you're reading this that we may live a peaceable life in all godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. There's one God, one mediator between God and men. It's the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself a ransom for all. Man. And just before you leave today, like I said, I thought about putting together a cute little 30-day prayer I did, I did put it together. If you guys need that and want that, I can send it to you. And there's even a couple links, I think, at the end that are programs you can look up that are good. One's based on gratitude. But what I would really rather happen and what I would love to see happen is for the next 30 days, all of July, 
one of the hottest, muggiest, humid days and weeks of the summer, I want you to let your heart get on fire for praying and for prayer and challenging your faith that God can move and he will move if you'll just ask and seek and if you'll ask according to the word and not according to your soul and if you'll give thanksgiving. So all this week, I'm going to be praying for my family. I have been praying for my family. And some of that includes you guys because, I I mean, I'm pretty versed in this. So here's what I've been doing. Family, local authorities, city. This happens because of 4th of July. You know, just got my heart thinking about government and, you know, just the beginning of things for our country and maybe the end of things for our country and just what God might be doing in the earth. And so I started praying for local authorities, schools, aldermen, communities, people who are in authority, people who make decisions. And I started praying for the government at large, like globally, the world, the government. I can't, I can't change those things. And this is what happened to me once upon a time. I just started to say, what's in your hands, God? I trust you. And God has put conviction on me to say, pray specifically. And I'm doing that. And I want to encourage you to do it too. Okay? Are you with me? This week, family. Bless my family. Don't pray that. That's weak. It's little. Bless my husband, God. Give him insight into the right cars to buy. Show him the right thing that will produce income for our family, God. Because it takes a lot to make all this happen, Lord Jesus. And I need you to bless his life. Lord, I pray that you keep him and from loose men and loose women, God, and that he would not have any evilness come in his path. I pray that you would set his heart on fire for worship, God. I pray that you would arrest him when he's in worship with you, that you would show him your glory and your goodness. See what I'm saying? That's specific, and it follows the word and the program of the word, right? All except for the part about it takes a lot to make all this happen, but that's still true. You guys, I love you. I pray that God opens your eyes of understanding to who he is, your father, your creator, your maker, your leader, your savior. And I pray that you let your will succumb to his leadership. He's an all or nothing God, all or nothing God. I love you. See you next time. Thank you. Happy 4th of July. Thank you for joining us today. Remember to like and follow for the next installment of the Law Podcast. If you want to be a partner with The Loft, you can give on giveify.com. If you need more information, check us out on Facebook or at theloftgathering.com. And of course, join us 10.30 Sunday mornings. Hope you have a great week. Till next time.